Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 133 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Royal Pizza, Pista, uh, Pizza Past, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Uh, Royal Pizza. For a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean uh, chicken. And yes, indeed, Royal Pizza is still open for business. And uh, they do deliver as well. Again, visit royalpizza.ca. All right. Tonight on 630, Chad, between 7 and 8, uh, Reed Wilkins and Inside Sports will uh, be rebroadcasting the game played between the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames from early in February, the most exciting game, I think. I don't want to speak for our next guest, but I thought it was certainly the most fun we'd had in a long time. And he's, uh, Jack Michaels got a lot of play out of that game as well. And uh, a guy I haven't seen in the last nine days, Jack Michaels, joins us right now on Oilers. Now, Jack, how are you doing? No wonder you've been in such a good mood lately. Everyone's been telling me how jolly you've been. And I I didn't want to admit that that might be correlated to my absence from your day-to-day existence, but I'm afraid it must be. Well, I'll tell you this. I would have much preferred the alternative, not being as happy, because I would have been seeing way too much of you. I mean, we thought we were going to get the Islanders on Friday night flying off to Philly. Always fun to go to Philly. And the Flyers are playing red hot. Philly, Washington, back-to-back. It was going to be a real tough back-to-back into Ottawa. And tonight, you should be prepping for a game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. But alas... I'm with you. And and you know what? The the thing I constantly think about over this interlude is is uh, you and I, 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 I actually listened back to it because I, I kind of, I, I wanted to hear our guttural reaction. And as we signed off uh, in the first, you know, after the first period of the Winnipeg game, we, you know, we, we saw the news coming out of the NBA. And if you listen to that portion of the broadcast, just our two or yeah. three minute wrap up of the first period, you can hear kind of the devastation in our voices because I think we both knew that we had two periods left in, in potentially the season, and uh, and that's that's kind of where we were at. It, uh, you know, it's it's funny. I listened to it, and, and you can tell both of us almost sounded like children uh, who've been told, you know, Santa Claus wasn't coming this year, and and that's honestly, you know, your initial impulse is to feel that way, and then of course you start realizing that hey, there's a world around you that there are far more important things to worry about. But uh, I did listen back to that. And, and yeah, just, you know, it, it was sad. And, and 
you know, absolutely. I, I much prefer the alternative, but I also want everyone to be healthy. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Jack, because I think the listeners have figured out over the last several years, you and me are hardcore sports junkies. It's not just the NHL. It's, you know, NCAA college football, NCAA college basketball. And I bring up the college basketball because when the NCAA announced that they weren't going to have fans at the games, initially on that Wednesday, the morning, I think it was Wednesday around one thirty, two o'clock, at that moment I was like, this thing's getting real in a hurry. And then, boom, that, you know, because the thought of not having fans for March Madness just, I mean, it's crazy, right? And I was like, uh, Well, and, and the and other then, thing is just not having fans. I mean, the, the cold reality of it is as much as I'd love to have seen a Stanley Cup playoff tournament, it's not the same without the fans. It wouldn't be the same visceral experience. No. I mean, part of the reason you and I had so much fun calling the first few rounds of the 2017 playoffs were the fact that we were calling them before 18,000 fans. And, I mean, remember at the end of some of those games, Bob, our eardrums were, like, almost bleeding. It, it was so loud in there. And that's what makes it fun. It's not it's not the same without the participation, especially in this city. I mean, think about when we would leave those games. You know, and, and first of all, daylight outside. It was a beautiful spring in Edmonton. And just the festive atmosphere, how much fun it was to come into the building and leave the building. It was just a great time to be in the city. And, you know, without that without that kind of level of participation, it isn't the same. So to some degree, I'm glad we didn't go down that path. And, and like I said, I mean, I mean, I'm holding out hope, I would say minimal hope, but I'm holding out hope that somehow uh, something gets salvaged because uh, – this city, that time of year, under those circumstances, there's nothing like it in all of professional sports. Right. Well, game five against San Jose, right? The fans brought the help. I mean, the orders were down on that game, and the orders fans helped bring Edmonton back into it, Jack. And I'll take it one step further. For years, we have run audio uh, uh, broadcast uh, goal calls from the teams around the National Hockey League during the course of the playoffs. And the biggest mistake that would get made on those actual broadcasts would be the color guy jumping in right after the goal and not letting the sound of the home crowd breathe because that needs i mean there's there's they say a pitcher's worth a thousand uh you know what's the old saying a pitcher's worth a thousand words well you want to get how one way or the other the like the utter silence when the visiting team scores a goal in a playoff game or the, you know, just how electrified everything gets when it's a massive goal for the home team, and you need to allow that to be a part of the experience. Now, here's where we're going to translate this. Reed's going to rebroadcast. I don't want to put words in your mouth, uh, Jack, but Reed's going to rebroadcast a game in Calgary. The Oilers 8-3 victory. We had it all that night. Do you think that's the most fun you've had in a regular season broadcast since you've been here? Oh, absolutely. That was that was fantastic. And and you know what? I, you know, it, it was the Battle of Alberta game, and there were, I, I will say this, for whatever reason, uh, leading into, you know, Game 72, which, you know, has yet to be played, and we hope it will be in some fashion this year. But I would say that the regular season as a whole for the Oilers far more interesting than the 2016-17 season. And, and I think it's the way in which the Oilers fashioned some of their victories uh it was you know if you think about it 
Edmonton actually kind of dominated down the stretch and was within a period in the late Anaheim comeback of, of winning the division title in 2017. There wasn't that kind of domination, although obviously 8-3 would tell a different story, but some of the other signature wins for the Oilers this year, just, you know, kind of gallant exhibitions of, of really gutting it out under adverse circumstances, winning while shorthanded, in some cases salvaging a point while shorthanded, uh, you know, winning tough games on the road against teams at the absolute peak of their performance. I'm thinking of Raleigh, North Carolina. I, I just felt like entertainment value-wise, uh, this regular season uh, had a tremendous amount to offer, uh, both at, at home on the road. So I, that's another reason, again, um, you could delineate a little bit between 2017 and 2020 because of games like the Battle of Alberta. I just feel like in the regular season there were more signature moments. Well, of course, that year, Jack, the Oilers dominated the Battle of Alberta. Edmonton went 12-2 and in their final 14 games of the 2016-17, and really it was the emergence of Nugent Hopkins with Lucic and Everly. Unfortunately, that didn't parlay into success against Anaheim in the first four games of their series, and the Oilers had to break uh, up McDavid and Drysaddle. Conversely, this year, uh, Calgary had some initial success against the Oilers, but that said, I think it was different once Edmonton got Yamamoto of Drysaddle and Nugent Hopkins. It gave the Oilers a different look. And I was, you know, we, we in theory still have 11 regular season games left. I think we both know in the back of our minds it's going to be hard-pressed to see that come to fruition. But we did see a lot of growth with this year's team. And that night in particular in Calgary, I think we saw an Oilers team that was starting to elevate uh, in, in, in kind of, gain confidence but also realize that they weren't solely dependent on Connor McDavid and they had some other guys step up and of course it culminated with the excitement over uh, a, a, goal, a goalie fight which everybody loves <laughs> absolutely and a, and a goalie fight which is you know we subsequently found out it never happened in the history of the Battle of Alberta so that was maybe the one missing piece but look it's, it's been an exciting season to this point um, I'm sad that it's on pause I'm hopeful that uh, this pause will help return everyone, not just sports fans in the National Hockey League, to, to normal health and uh, you know a more normalized situation. So perhaps we can revisit the games. If it doesn't happen, then I certainly hope uh, that you know we hit the 2020-21 schedule uh, full speed with everyone around the world feeling pretty good about themselves. And uh, you know it's it, it's it's tough to talk about he's extenuating the circumstances because you'll always wonder what might have been but uh i do agree bob that you know for 71 games uh the oilers did show the, the kind of growth that hopefully uh will serve them well when when play resumes whenever that happens to be and i i think you know yamamoto's part of it uh but i also think two other guys you know caleb jones and ethan bear uh guys that we didn't have uh you know as regular contributors to the oilers Guys like uh, Riley Shan and Josh Archibald, who got off to rocky starts in the first two months of the year, and, and particularly Archibald, really coming on in the last couple of months to kind of you know earn himself a contract and and kind of uh, I, I guess justify the investment the Oilers had had made in bringing and in, in choosing him as that complimentary piece and a, and a versatile uh, guy you can move up and down the lineup, and, and he's rewarded them with a career season. And, and most impressively, I think, going into the year, and yeah, Jones and Bear, but I, I think going into the year, Bob, there was a consensus 
that the Oilers had a bottom five goaltending rotation. And to be quite honest, I'm not sure we could argue the other side of that because we weren't sure how much was in the tank and, and how much, uh, you know, either goaltender could feed off of one another. But the, the goaltending rotation and how that's worked out and how that's been managed by Dave Tippett, Dustin Schwartz, and the rest of the coaching staff, along with the improvement on special teams directed by Glenn Gulson and Jim Playfair, that is kind of that sum that kind of some of its parts has typified this Oilers season to date. Even though you have two fantastic superstar players, I think the Oilers collectively have have been, you know, have achieved far greater things than, than maybe if you looked at it as an individual uh, collection of players. All right, Jack, I'm going to get to two more little uh, topic areas here uh, before we let you go. Todd from Troshu has texted us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Haven't heard you guys talk about Anton Shlepyshev the last couple days. What's the scoop? Is he coming back? So uh, Shlepyshev's deal is up uh, with Seska, with CSKA uh, uh, Moscow here at the end of this uh, season. The Oilers own his NHL rights. He is represented by Dan Milstein. Um, that said, and Jack, you I know you've always had a lot of time for this player. You think he could probably play. I don't think, I'll, I'll agree with you. I don't think there's any question he could play in the bottom six of the Oilers. To me, there's a price point that comes with, with Shlepyshev. Like, I, I couldn't pay him two million bucks a year. Uh, I'm not even sure I, I could pay him what Archibald's uh, being paid based on what Archibald is given. But just give me your thoughts on Anton Shlepyshev and whether or not you see uh, maybe there being a fit there moving forward for the 2021 season. Well, you mentioned the guy that I think is, I think uh, Anton Slepyshev would be a great rotational piece and I think could serve a very similar role. I think there are a lot of games where if you wind up in a, in a more physical game uh, or you're anticipating a heavier type game, that maybe Anton Slepyshev slides into the top six. But if you're anticipating a, a game where there's more speed involved, and you need a versatile guy to slide up in the lineup, then maybe Archibald's your guy. I think I think Anton Slepyshev would be an excellent complimentary piece. But you're right. Uh, you know, when you look at the Oilers' salary cap structure, his compensation needs to be at or around an Archibald-type figure. And you could make the argument that, you know, Archibald had now back-to-back National Hockey League campaigns of contributions equal to or greater than Slepyshev's one year at the National Hockey League where he did gain some traction. But I think Slepyshev is, is equal to Archibald in this sense, is that I think at times he can play up in the lineup and that he's not necessarily just a bottom six guy. I think a lot of people thought Josh Archibald was that and, and Dave Tippett has, has proven otherwise. And I think Dave Tippett in situational you know, substitutions, if you will, could extract the same type of game at times from Anton Slepyshev when he needed him in a physical type game where he might be that kind of presence in the top six. So absolutely, I feel like he could be a contributor, but you make an excellent point. There's only so much money to go around, and that's a, that's a decision that Anton and his team will have to make. One final one for you. We discussed it a bit on the show today. Uh, rumblings out there of a possible March Madness Sweet 16 style uh, version of a playdown where you'd have four teams in one city playing for a berth into the final four 
for the Stanley Cup Championship. You know NCAA basketball as well as anybody out there. Um, is that too gimmicky, or does that make sense? I, I don't think it's too gimmicky. Look what happened in 1982 in the National Football League. You had a, a strike that wiped out seven weeks of the season, and so they did a you know a 16-team tournament uh, basically, and 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 basically went one through eight, two through two against seven, three through six, four through five. I think you've got to do what you've got to do in these type of situations. It's not so much gimmicky as a, a byproduct of what's actually happened in the National Hockey League this year. You can't pretend we haven't had extenuating circumstances. I think it'd be an exciting way to resolve this season. And most importantly, again, I think if it does come to that, more than anything, yeah, it's great the Stanley Cup would be awarded. But if it does come to that, means. Bob, it's a giant step in the right direction in terms of getting everything back to normal as you and I typically define it. Jack, I just want to pass this note because I know that you're a huge XFL fan. They have officially canceled the remainder of their season. Yeah, that was not on my radar, but uh, I'm I'm not surprised that they finally joined suit. You and I love football, but I don't think it ever got to that point with us. No, no, it's uh, – how about the NFL, eh? The league that could probably be best equipped to handle something like this are the ones that are going to most likely to be the least affected by this long term. It's uh, crazy how it all works out. Hey, thanks for your time, Jack. And, again, a reminder for everybody listening, uh, 7 to 8 tonight, a rebroadcast of the Oilers matchup against the Flames. It should be an old-fashioned canoe tipper. Put your money on the Oilers in that one. <laughs> Bob, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, that's Jack Michaels, 150 in Edmonton. We'll wrap up the show when we return on Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 152 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody, again. Uh, 2 o'clock today, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 630 Chad afternoons with Jalen and I. Ongoing coverage of the COVID-19 pandemic and coronavirus. Uh, we will tell you that uh, everybody at uh, Brent Ridge Ford out in Wetaskiwin wants to wish you the best during these difficult times. We've told you time and time again, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Uh, make sure when we get back up and running, you go out and see Uncle Milt, Rich, and Johnny. They're right there with you, battling out, trying to get through things. The whole gang out at Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin. Experience the small town feel with the nine-time President's Diamond Award winners for customer satisfaction. Call Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin at 1-877-477-3673 or visit brentridge.com. All right, let's get to this day in Oilers history. Back at the 630 Chad Studios the one and only Brendan Escott. And back on this day in 1999, Mike Greer scores his first career hat-trick and newly acquired Ethan Morrow picks up three assists in his first game as an Oiler. That came in a 4-3 win against the Canucks at Northlands. The team also acquired Tommy Sallow from the Islanders that day in exchange for Mats Lindgren and an eighth-round draft pick. Shows you how much later the NHL trade deadline was back then, right? For full three weeks later than it has been uh, the last several years. Tommy Sallow, that turned out to be a pretty big acquisition for the Oilers organization. That was a good trade by Glenn Sather. That's who uh, orchestrated that deal. Uh, all right, Brendan, we've talked about it a fair amount. What do you think? What do you think in terms of the potential of doing this NCAA 
uh, NCAA uh, Sweet 16 March Madness style playdown where four NHL teams are in one market and play some games, and uh, away we go to get to a, an eventual Stanley Cup champion. Does that make any sense to you at all? Yeah, I love it. I think it gets the the competitive juices flowing again, which I think we're all seriously lacking at this point. Um, and that's not going to be a bad thing for the league. This is, you know, you can look at it like, oh, this is a real negative thing and there's a lot of confusion and a lot of work to be done to, to get this right if it comes to a playoff format. But there should be a lot of excitement surrounding that uncertainty as well. Like, what if what if we do execute something along those lines, Bob? Or what if the league does, I should say? And it's the most exciting thing that we've seen in, in decades in this league. Well, then this, this is a positive thing, right? So I, I'm trying to remain optimistic. Do I think that we see a regular season at this point or any kind of that rounding out? No, I don't, unfortunately. Uh, but a playoff format like that does pique my interest a hell of a lot. Oh, 100% believe the league will exhaust all possibilities to have a Stanley Cup playoffs this year. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Timing-wise, and you got to kind of work backwards, I think it's going to be quite prohibitive to, to see an extension of the regular season beyond what we have right now. Uh, we haven't even got into discussions on uh, award winners in the regular season. Those days are going to come. Of course, uh, there are uh, bigger challenges ahead, and uh, we're going to have a better idea, as Elliot mentioned, maybe towards the end of April. That said, we're going to try to provide as compelling of listening as we can. Some would say we're challenged to do that at the best at times, uh, but we are going to have some surprise guests coming up over the course of the next couple of weeks here on Oilers Now. Everybody have a terrific weekend. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by ongoing coverage of the COVID-19 pandemic with Jalen Nye in the 6.30 chat afternoons. So long, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.